Welcome to Monday morning. Yeah, I don't think very many people. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. I don't. I think there's a certain uh, percentage of the people who are not too happy this Monday morning, which is March thirteenth, two thousand twenty-three. Third third month, thirteenth day, twenty-third year. That's three one day. three two three. Mm-hmm. For all you n- number people, that you can suss that out. Decide if there's any meaning. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, just right off the top of my head, I wanted to assure the listeners that President Biden insists that the banking system is safe. So there you have it. Yeah. Nothing to see, nothing to worry about here. (laughs) If Joe Biden says something is safe... You can take that to the bank. <laughs> we love the listeners so much here. We're actually recording at our regular time rather than standing in line at the bank right now. Do you think that that's happening locally? Have you driven by any of the banks? I don't know. I know uh, an individual that works at a local big bank. I'll be... I've already texted them. I'm asking what the activity is like today. Was wondering if maybe I should try to stake out the ATM yesterday to see if there were a lot of people over there on Sunday, but I did not. Yeah, there was a, on Twitter, there was this, you had this uh, like dueling narratives with uh, like tech, you know, people call them tech bros or whatever. You have these startup owners who have benefited from loans, payroll and things from Silicon Valley Bank who are Mm -hmm. hitting the panic button saying, you know, there's going to be a run on banks if there's not a bailout. There's going to be a run on banks if there's not been, if there's not a bailout. And then you have people fighting against that saying, you're trying to create a panic and you're Mm -hmm. trying to create a run on banks to get what you want. Mm -hmm. There's even been talk uh, of whether you know should that type of speech be censored you know this this idea of uh you know these people kind of fomenting a run on the banks should should we censor that because isn't that just yelling fire in a crowded theater one uh congressman named thomas massey who i who i uh, uh appreciate and tend to agree with a lot of what he said said something like but what if the theater is on fire so it's an interesting kind of uh, dichotomy going on. Boy, they, that never factors into the whole you can't crawl, yell fire in a crowded theater right. argument, does it? Well, except I've said that. Unless uh, check, said, check the archives here at the Mind Virus show. We've, we've talked about that. And I said, you, unless the theater is on fire. Okay. But you, have you ever yelled? Uh, <laughs> I've never had the occasion in my life where I needed to yell fire in any in situation, uh, you know, in any kind of emergency situation. I've, I've suggested to fellow, you know, campers, we should build a fire 
but that's about as close as I've gotten. Okay, so I'm just doing a quick run through of the news websites. And um, NBC News, CBS News, ABC News, Fox News, everybody's top story is the same as uh, what's on Zero Hedge. Biden says the banking system is safe after mm. Silicon Valley. Right, sure. Um, banking debacle, whatever you want to call that. However, we have one outlier here. This is MSNBC, who is still mad at Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Their top stories are about Donald Trump. (laughs) And uh, I'm sure it's... Pence uh, getting mad at Trump over January 6th. Trump fearing an indictment. Uh, (laughs) Trump won't testify. Why you shouldn't get too excited about a Trump indictment. Trump's response to a Manhattan grand jury is a mess. These are all separate headlines. Yeah, this is the, the and it's the Maddow blog. These poor people. That's what is that the, what the M stands for in MSNBC is Maddow? It might be. Maddow's, these, Maddow's these, Socialist Network Broadcasting Corporation. These poor people. The Trump is all they have. Well, clearly his, that's all MSNBC his, has. His presidential run in 15 and 16, his election to the White House, was the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. And now he's mostly Faded irrelevant. Away. He's mostly irrelevant. Yeah, he says he's running in 24. I don't think that his campaign this time around is going to get the same kind of traction. I could be wrong. I didn't think he would win. In, I didn't think he would make it through the primaries. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to feel bad for these guys. I mean. I don't really feel bad for MSNBC. Uh, I don't either. McCarthy, second story on Zero Hedge. McCarthy says he will slow. By the way, we're doing current events today, aren't we? I, I don't know. I mean, we're just sort we're of. We're just going to take this where are. it goes. Talking about what's on our mind as usual. McCarthy, this is the Speaker of the House. The, uh, the guy who had a little bit of difficulty Getting elected Speaker of the House, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. De- uh, a Democrat from California. <laughs> Another Democrat from California is the Speaker of the House. He's a Republican, in theory. McCarthy says he will roll out the January 6th footage to news outlets. I think transparency is best, and we should allow the American public to see it all. I don't understand, though, why... you know, There's, there's something like 40,000 hours or something. You count all the different cameras why do you need to slowly roll it out yeah why not just unleash it in a in a big document file dump and let the american people wikileaks style right yeah just put it out let us have all of it there'll be plenty of people who will comb through it i think mccarthy doesn't want to end up stuck in a british prison when he the stuff he has revealed has made the uniparty very mad mitt romney didn't like it chuck schumer didn't like it None of them can refute any of the facts of the footage, but they can yell up and scream about the fact that they're, it's out there. This is shameful. This is treason. It's ridiculous because what the footage is showing is what we knew all along. See, we've seen a lot of this footage already, right? Well, we've seen variations from, Plus, from people's own phones that they posted to social media. Yeah, we knew all of this the day it happened. Right. The, or the, in the day, the day and the day after. We knew this was a setup. Everybody knew it was a setup. Come on. There's footage out there I, that I've seen. I think I got my email 
dirtied or blocked by Google for sending out so many emails <laughs> about There's, this. And, and the censorship regime checked in, kicked in. I was algorithmically shut down. My own brother and parents couldn't get my email on Gmail in the days following January 6th because I was warning this was a setup. It's not what you think. There were agent provocateurs. There's, and if there's you know people of these cops literally welcoming people into the Capitol, probably holding mo- the door open. Probably most of us know somebody or a couple of people that attended, which is what we've talked about. Right. And they all attested to the same thing. And it's been big news that the, the QAnon shaman, 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 the QAnon shaman was, there's new footage showing that he was escorted through the building by these Capitol Police. They were looking for open doors. They got him into the Senate chambers. Yes, we knew that. Somebody tweeted that out two years ago. Right, wasn't that there a video you, uh, yes, you pointed and, and out? Yes, and we linked to it on this show. I went and dug that up. That tweet has been deleted at some point, and I couldn't find an archive, but we talked about it in our episode at the time. Like, What was going on? He's talking to the cops in there? Yeah, and he walks into the Senate chambers, and remember the cops... Turns out like, he had been... Directed in there. That's the yeah. new, the new story is that he was led through the hallways. They found a way in, and and the cops like just don't break anything, okay? This is like sacred place, and he's like, yeah, no problem, man. And and there's also a dozen photographers in there taking all the. And that was I remember picture. your big question was like, who let in the photographers? How did the photographers get in? Right, there? and and I speculated. I think at the time that he was the shaman dude was you know buffalo hat guy was was all part of the the uh-huh. he was he was he was led in there he was this he spent was a couple of years remember, in jail it was, so it was so it looks freezing. like he, so it looks like he's an unwitting participant it was freezing that day you very think, cold and he doesn't have a shirt on and yep. he's just out there do, but do you think he's rotting in jail or is, is that he was all sentenced fake? to 41 months yeah but is that all fake do we uh, we don't knows? even know right see he could he could be part of the operation but he could also have been an unwitting participant. That's my, the ten, that's ten, that tends to be where I land, is that he was just playing this character that he liked, you know, liked to do at, at rallies, right? That's true, because we've, we've looked into the guy, right? He would go to v- both the Antifa and the... Yeah, and I think he was just sort of a... And the conservative rallies? I think he was just sort of a... Uh, you know, he just liked to go and, and get his picture taken and stand out. He is former uh, military, I believe. But the point being here is that he's in jail for basically being set up. I mean, he didn't, he didn't vandalize anything. He, wa- he was led in by the Capitol Police. Mm-hmm. How, can that be, how can that be a crime at all when the people in charge of security are leading you through the room willingly right some people are trying to spin it as like no they were just going along so he didn't hurt them well that's what (laughs) that's the big that's the big counterpoint is that these guys were using de-escalation tactics but as an innocent participant in the rally if you were following a line through the capitol and the police were opening the doors for you that's obviously permission from the police i mean any reasonable person can't you can't construe that as anything in the case of him this is one individual and he had four or five armed police officers with him he was unarmed 
There's no de-escalation needed. He was just walking. They're just chatting. You well, yeah, in him. his case, it's pretty obvious. They got him for obstructing a federal proceeding or something. I don't even remember. 42 months, I think, is what he's in jail for. There's a lot of, basically every narrative that was put out that day by the mainstream propagandists, uh, it's never, it's never added up. It's never held water. And now this footage just absolutely, even the little bit that was released and publicized through Tucker Carlson has blown all of that out of the water. Right. Um, I forwarded you a link. I don't know if you had a chance to read it. Uh, another article from Dr. Naomi Wolf, where she just said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I, yeah, I did read that, or at least I read most of it. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that was good. She, she's like, uh, my side is a bunch of liars. <laughs> yeah, it, it's interesting. She doesn't really embrace you know, everything that you would hope that she would embrace. But if, if this is like a progression, she's well on her way to uh, what she would once have called the tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy side. Right. She's been uh, red pilled. You could say that's a common term. It's, she's starting to see the world a little more right, her, clearly. Her letter is, Dear conservatives, I apologize. My team, my quote, my team in quotes, so she means the right-hand side, the, the uh, no, sorry, not the right-hand side, the, the, left. <laughs> the Democrats, the left. She's, and she's like an elite leftist, right? She says, my team was taken in by full-spectrum propaganda, which is an interesting admission by somebody of her stature. They would never have conceded to the idea that there was full-spectrum propaganda. But at the end, she says, I'm sorry, my former tribe is angry at a journalist for engaging in dot dot journalism. I'm sorry I believed so much nonsense. I'm sorry the nation was damaged by so much untruth issued by the, those with whom I identified at the time. Though, let's see, there's, uh, though it is no doubt too little too late, conservatives, Republicans, MAGA, I am so sorry. <laughs> That's the, like, I thought, you know, with, whatever she had in, in there, uh, where, wherever she, wherever she hedged her bets and said, I'm not sure I believe this or implied that she wasn't going to go this far or that far. That I'm so sorry, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing. You, you rarely ever hear anybody come out and think, say that. I think the COVID thing was sort of the beginning for her. And then this, this these new quote unquote new uh, revelations on January six I think pushed her over the top, perhaps, but because she refers to those you know the footage and Elon Musk has tweeted out you know free Jacob Chansley that's the real name of the QAnon shaman, the Buffalo Hat guy. I thought that he was born QAnon shaman. Well, maybe he could legally change his name to that. At this point, he probably could, huh? I mean, at this point, he probably could make a decent living for at least the next five or six years just going around touring in that hat and makeup and giving a speech. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of organizations that pay him to, to come and talk to him. <laughs> but they won't pay him uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton type of money. 
Well, no, I think I think Bill Clinton gets like like two hundred thousand dollars just for, for showing speech. up, right? Yeah. So how much could this guy make? Maybe two thousand dollars per appearance. I think he could get invited to some of these cottage meetings for free. Yeah, they might maybe. have to pay his. They might pay for like his travel. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there's only one way to find out. He's probably out. got a book. He's got the potential for a book. Yeah. But he can't do anything like GoFundMe because they would just shut him down. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, right now he can't do any of it because he's still in jail. And there's a few people That's in true. jail uh, from you know January 6th. Well, there's a lot of people that are still waiting trial, right? Yeah, it all needs to be dropped. The whole thing needs to be wiped clean. There was a, one of these uh, idiots on the J6 committee admitted we didn't even look at the video footage. And they didn't need to because they didn't, it didn't Well, matter. they already had the script. What happened didn't really matter. They already told what their talking points were. Matt uh, Tayabi was dragged in front of Congress. Did you see some of that? Yeah, I saw uh, he was pretty defiant. In the well, you had this. Right? You had this non right. this non voting member of the House, right? She's uh, a representative from the Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty uh, was pretty demeaning, pretty condescending. So yeah, it's it's uh, understandable that he would punch back a little bit. She called him a so called journalist, and Matt Taibbi's been around a yeah, long he time. Starts listing his credentials, and you know, agree with him or not, like he's a journalist. He he, he uh, especially nowadays. I mean. He's, and, then, and then she says, I would never ask you, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I'd never ask you to reveal your sources, but who gave you access to the Twitter <laughs> files? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a clown show. We're living through a, it. it like, it'd be hilarious if it, if it didn't have so many serious implications. Yeah, it'd be funny if it was on. a movie. Yeah, like... Uh, What's happening in the financial markets right now, I think, is the big story. What, what we, We've talked about this before, how there was going to be um, an event and something would happen you know, over the weekend or they would shut down for a week or something like that. And then when you come back, everything's different, right? Everything's <clears throat> changed. I don't know if this Silicon Valley Bank shutdown is that thing, but look at what's happened. Like um, over the weekend, what's happened is that, like for example, Zion's Bank. Let me see where that is right now. That's a local. While you're looking that that's up, that's the bank that Jesus is going to use during the apocalypse. <laughs> There's a a tweet that I have to read it. Comes from someone named Andrew Kloster, Kloster, which I, looking at his profile, it looks like he used to work in the Trump White House. I don't know who he is, but the tweet came up and I liked it. It's, it's got a picture from the movie. It's a Wonderful Life when everybody's making a run on the bank in that movie. Right. Yeah, that's a great show. And it says, I want to try to read this in Jimmy Stewart, but I don't do a good Jimmy Stewart. But it says you're thinking of this. You're thinking of this place all wrong, as if I had your money back in the safe. Your money is in Sunil's CIA startup, in Willow's diverse corporate boardroom. Your money is in the remote work environment of the ad tracking polycule. <laughs> Hold on, say that again. <laughs> this is okay. I wasn't listening. I was imagining this was a savings and loan that uh, 
Jimmy Stewart's character has right. is in charge of. He's the local savings and loan, and of course the banker, Mister Potter, is the bad guy. Okay, now right. So your so, your money's in in where? So this is start the, over. <laughs> all right, <clears throat> you're thinking of this place all wrong. As if I had your money back in the safe. Your money is in Sunil's CIA startup, in Willow's diverse corporate boardroom. Your money is in the remote work environment of the ad tracking polycule. <laughs> okay. Okay. That is funny. That is, that is funny. And I, uh, first I was trying, uh, maybe I was trying to process the CIA startup. Is that, was that the first one? Yeah. Sunil, which is, I guess, some made up name. He's okay. he, in, in oh, Willow, yeah, right? Some that's, hippie that's, lady. That's where you lost me because I was thinking of all the people that he was talking about. But uh, yeah, so, so the savings and loan, the, the idea behind the idea behind Jimmy Stewart's enterprise there is that his money is in the local community. And do I need to describe why this is so funny for the listeners? I will. No, I will. I, I will you just can, say but obvious. I don't think you need to. It's because the big banks are, they're going to bail out all the wrong people, of course. But the problem is if they don't, then all the little guys get squashed. Well, it also illustrates that the, the money that we all think we have is, doesn't exist. It's just a, an electronic number. If we want, that's why a run on the banks is so dangerous because that money doesn't exist. Your X amount of dollars at the local bank is just a number on a computer. Well, if you're trying to get cash, yeah. Right. Which is what a run in banks usually entails, is everyone goes and pulls well, we, their money out. Except with Silicon Valley Bank, we had an electronic run. Right. There's a lot, a lot of money. The billions of dollars. What, they lose $43 billion? They, they were insolvent by, like, on their balance sheets. So they, this, this was a technical insolvency, right? So they, uh, they had a, uh, a position of a negative $1.5 billion by the end of the day. And it's like a $93 billion bank or something. So 43, maybe... I know those numbers don't add up, but uh, I know they lost $43 billion in deposits on Friday. Maybe they'd lost more prior to that, but that meant that they didn't have the on paper wherewithal to remain solvent. Right. There's some... So there, there are controls in place. It's not just paper. Like They're not just making it up, right? They answer to each other, and that's... The word you're going to hear is counterparty risk, and that's why uh, that's that's why there was the big collapse in 2008 because Lehman Brothers and AIG owed other people money, and when then they failed, then those companies failed because they can't pay each other, and they also have to change their their um, their books, and so when they become technically bankrupt, that kicks in a whole bunch of regulatory processes and rating agencies and things. And, then, and so therefore people downgrade their, the status of you know, Lehman or AIG or Silicon Valley Bank, and then it creates a ripple effect. Right. So and, that's the, and this ripple that's the effect, big problem. There's a lot of small businesses that have their money with SVB or did. Well, so SVB, Silicon Valley Bank is a, fairly big regional bank out in California, right? On the West Coast, right. if I understand it right. I think so. So a lot of people bank there. Yeah. 
SBV should have had their money with SBF and FTX. Otherwise, maybe they wouldn't be saying WTF. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was just going to run run through just some of the implications immediately. Like, for example, Zions Bank is a, I would say, a regional bank, Zions Bank Corp. Mm-hmm. They have offices or uh, customers in Intermountain states, not just in Utah, and I think they hold have holdings around the country too, like under different names. Right. But their stock was at forty three dollars just the other day. It was about forty one yesterday, I think, or Friday, and it dropped as low as twenty two. So almost they almost lost fifty percent of their stock market value over the weekend. Now it's back to $35, so they've only lost about 12%. There's probably people who scooped it up at 22 bucks and are going to make a lot of money. Well, that's the way the markets work, right? Right. So the, the people make money on swings, but the question is how far does it swing and who gets, who gets knocked off the, the merry-go-round? You know, it's kind right. of musical chairs. And, and that, that's, that, that's what everybody's worried about is that you'll have a 2008 repeat where you know, a lot of people start to lose their homes and their jobs. But uh, just a couple other, for examples, like the, the Dow Jones and the S&P aren't up very much, but gold is up almost 3%. Crypto is up 10%. So they've had a huge swing to the upside on Bitcoin. Not, not all crypto, but Bitcoin is up 12%. And... um I believe the price of silver went pretty dramatic. It was uh was like $20 Friday and it's now at almost 22, so it's almost up 10%. So the big question is because here we have a situation where the government over the weekend made a bunch of statements to try to calm people down because on the one hand, you have everybody tries to take their money out of the banks and then what happens? The banks fail, the businesses fail, right? On the other hand, the government pumps in a ton of money to, to create what we call liquidity. And when did we last see liquidity jump into the market? During the COVID crisis, 2021. So they created trillions of dollars and the effect of that money was pretty serious inflation, right? When you said liquidity, I th- I thought of that Queensryche song. Oh, silent, silent liquidity. L- silent liquidity. Silent liquidity is a very uh, popular I song lie from the nineties. Next to you, silent liquidity. <laughs> <laughs> I play the radio out there. Is 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 like trying as hard as he can not to spontaneously combust over the bastardization of that. Uh, <clears throat> By the way, did we get a COVID warning last time? I didn't I didn't check. I'm going to check Spotify <clears throat> here. Cuz we didn't talk about COVID very much last week. There's this picture on the Zero Hedge article that we did not get a COVID warning last Biden week. Biden insists that the bank is safe, the banking system is safe with him meeting with Janet Yellen and I don't know if this is a current photo or not, but they're both wearing masks. <laughs> and I got to I think that's like, the zero hedge guys just poking fun at everything cuz now we're just going to have 
you know right the, whenever we see these people do something stupid we're going to use the mask pictures yeah biden's uh said everything's fine he will he will deliver some more remarks on tuesday about how we will maintain a resilient banking system to protect our historic economic recovery <laughs> i mean these are just words at this point the top headline on zero hedge has shifted now to small banks are crashing quote it would be the savings and loan 2.0 crisis, but we regret to inform you there are no savings. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you, you brought up the COVID bailouts. Uh, the, that money was just spent on stuff. That was the whole point of these. You know, George Bush did it. He did it. He, he destroyed capitalism to save capitalism. Or the, he destroyed the free market to save the free market. Right. So it looks like Zero Hedge um, ca- counts Zion's bank as a small bank, which is interesting. If you're in Utah, they are the big, one of the big banks in Utah. And they, and they like to act like they're a big bank. You know, I think they like to. They pretend they're a big bank. But are they listed in here? Yeah, they're uh, the, thir- the fourth on the, on the list on the graph there. It shows them down. So this is a little bit delayed news. It shows them down 35% on the day. Uh, there was one one that was down 70 some odd percent. But of course, that's just their stock tickers. Yeah, but it you know the stock ticker, if anything, it's a, a little barometer of sentiment. Some people would say it's a lagging indicator. It is. In a, in a lot of cases, it is. So the question is, if this is the event that we were thinking of, you know, where everything's different after, because that's what happened with Lehman, right? They just didn't blame it on a cyber attack or turn everything off. Uh, what, what are the implications? I haven't really processed through all that because on the one hand, what, what I was kind of getting at where I, where I was listing off, you know, gold is up, Bitcoin is up, tangible assets are up, right? When you, when you lose faith in the system, the, the price of tangible assets goes, goes up. But in this, uh, <laughs> with as wrecked as our financial markets are, it's, you get this stagflationary thing, right? Like, so the price of the things you need are up, but the price of anything that you can trade <laughs> that's fungible, anything, that, anything that's easily tradable, that seems to take a hit, right? Like stocks, bonds, money <laughs> that, yeah, that, mean, that's what i worry about is you get what we call stagflation implications of this i mean we don't we don't know what all this is yet but the implications could be far reaching and ultimately lead to the uh, thing that i always pound the table about and that is central bank digital currencies they, this is these are the types of events where they could see say something like see see it's not safe out there we need to we need to create the GovCoin. And, and you see more and more of those central bank style digital currencies cropping up all over the world in little um, test runs or ideas. More and more people are talking about it. More and more people who have revealed themselves over the last three years to be absolute monsters and enemies of human liberty. By the way, this is the, uh, this is the, uh, three-year anniversary of the COVID week. The, the week you're from right. Now. This is the week we shut down. 
In fact, let me look some let me look up some dates here. Well, yeah, I think you're making a good point. The question is how they arrive at it. And, and generally what the controlling class seems to do is create crises until the public begs for their solution or begs for a solution and then they only give them the one option, right? They, they unleash a huge amount of momentum towards their preferred solution. So that was what we saw with uh, COVID is, is there, was this, there was essentially a lot of manufactured fear over a relatively non-lethal and in fact, not really that dangerous virus. <laughs> Some people argue that there wasn't even really a, a virus because they can't, uh, these companies haven't ever produced a specimen, a lab specimen. They were going off of DNA code, computerized DNA code. So that wasn't that, did you see that headline recently that Moderna never had the actual yeah. virus? They only just had it. They never had a, they, they created a vaccine, but they never had in their possession any of the actual virus they were using just genes uh dna sequences well and they also had the vaccine ready to roll out in 2019 which is weird wasn't that in the same article possibly but but the point march 18th which was almost exactly a year ago was the day of the earthquake in utah that knocked the trumpet from the angel moroni on the which is probably the biggest turning point in all of this (laughs) well it's extremely symbolic uh whether you want to believe so or not it's i mean the symbolism especially with what happened thereafter and around the that event is it's extremely symbolic Right. Almost, it's almost so symbolic that it's not symbolic at all, but very literal. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll leave that. Uh, we'll leave that to another day. Well, anyway, my point was that they they create. You get a crisis, whether it's real or not, and then there's a solution proposed by the oligarchy, which always benefits them and takes away freedom from the rest of us. So. Is that kind of what's happening behind the scenes now as, as the regulators decide how to divvy up the pie? And, and we're only going to see the, the actual repercussions in the next week or month or whatever, or the next year yeah, maybe, as prices I mean, spir- spiral out of control again? I, I think all of this is just part of the controlled demolition that kicked off in March 2020. And I, I, don't, I can't go back in time. I... The earthquake was on March 18th, 2020. I don't know if I just, just now I said it was a year ago. It was almost three years ago. Yeah. But there, the, we knew what you meant, Bobby. So the, the NBA shut down, what, on the 11th? That seems right. Again, we could look up a, a specific timeline for all, the, all of these things. And when did the church shut down? As soon as possible after the NBA? Um, it like was, we want to, sh- we want to shut down too. Utah's new slogan is the me too state because we want to do all the socialist things too, right? Us too. We want to be California too. We want to be Ukraine too. Yeah, it's, it is. Look over here. Look at us. Look at us. U- Utah seems, especially the political class and business class in Utah seems very, uh, adamant to be accepted. And we have a, we have a, business conference here called silicon slopes right we want to be the secret combination too it looks like it was march 
12th, March 12th, 2020. This is from the Church Newsroom update. Gatherings of church members temporarily suspended worldwide. Um, and I don't know if something came after that or if we were just temporarily suspended for several months. It was temporary. They're, they are back in business. And it looks like March, this is from the same newsroom, <laughs> March 25th, 2020, the First Presidency issued the following letter, March 25th, 2020. Dear brothers and sisters, after careful, prayerful consideration and with a desire to be responsible global citizens, we have decided to suspend all temple activity churchwide at the end of the day on March 25th, 2020. This is a temporary adjustment, and we look forward to the day when temples will reopen. Contactlessly, of course. Yeah, basically. That was a shutdown, and things opened back up not quite the same. And in the midst of all that, you had the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, yeah, the NBA was something like the 11th. It, 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 I remember it was like basically in the course of 36 hours, we went from, have you heard about this COVID thing? To the entire world shut down. It was the only thing that like every government in the world has ever agreed on was to lock you in your home or try to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of buzz on Twitter, uh, you know, as people are coming around on how absurd all of this was. And, uh, I mean, we've obviously been talking about that the whole time. Sure. But, it, but you've yet to see, or at least I've yet to see any, any influential politician who helped instigate this insanity, who helped perpetuate the panic, come out and apologize. There's been Nobody. a few little, you know, there's been a few here and there, like lesser actors, like Naomi Wolf apologized, but she wasn't responsible for any of it. Right. You know, she wasn't a policymaker. I've yet to see, you know, here locally, like Gary Herbert come out and say, we were wrong and we, we, we're sorry. Or Angela Dunn, who blocked me on Twitter. So I don't know what she's out there. I think she might have tweeted that she was sorry. Yeah, I, I don't think she did. Oh, okay. I mean... I think she still insists that she was right all along and we didn't do any true lockdowns. You know, and Spencer Cox, he's the sitting governor still. <laughs> really? <laughs> and <laughs> really? You know, he Oh, that's sad. He treated the unvaccinated people like they were uh lepers. I mean, he he said on a press conference he was tired of protecting them. He's he he retweeted the Utah Jazz announcement that that they would be requiring a COVID vaccine to get into the games, and he called it great news. You know, he uh, he 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 bought into the hype and the panic, and I think he loved the uh, authority and the importance it gave him. But none of these people are apologizing. I mean, it's so clear. It's it was so clear in the moment to a lot of people, but I think it's it's obvious now that this was all wrong and it was harmful to the most vulnerable people in our society. It was harmful to everybody. So can we somehow make this like a rallying cry for, for um, free thinking 
skeptical, open-minded Americans and 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 citizens of the world everywhere, of course. Good global good, citizens, not good glo- the the ones that are not good global citizens. Oh, oh, those sorry. that are those okay. that are th- free thinking. Like, remember the Alamo? You know, do we have to be like, okay, remember they lied? Remember that the what? What's our tagline? You've got, you've got uh, Atlas Shrugged, where Ayn Rand or Anne Rind, depending on how you screw up her name. It's uh, <laughs> Ayn Rand. <laughs> Rand Ayn. <laughs> it's an easy one to get wrong. Uh, she had a slogan in, in Atlas Shrugged that the people would always say, which is, who is John Galt? That was right. there. That was there. Oh, we can't do anything about it. Similar to the Chinese Mei Banfa, I think is is what they say when they can't. The, 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 it's it's interesting because the Chinese actually have a who is John Galt, and it's it's this oh, I can't really do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I've heard I've actually heard people. I watched a really interesting video that I'm I'm sure I can't find. Well, I guess I could, but I don't. I'm not going to try. These two guys that uh, would film these conversations they would have driving through the Chinese countryside on motorcycles. These are Americans that live in China, and they're giving you some cultural background, which I thought was really interesting, and they just talk about whatever they want. Uh, they, they were talking about one time this, this Chinese-ism uh, called Mei Banfa, which mean, essentially means, um, you, they can, you know, can't do anything. And, and they describe certain scenarios where, for example, there was one point where the guy had some footage on a SD card that he needed to transfer and his laptop had died and he goes into a computer store and he's trying to get the guys at the store to transfer the footage for him to this other SD card and they tried to pay him and they're like, I can't do anything, can't do it, can't, I can't do that. And he's like, but do you, you have a computer right there? Ah, but I, you know, and they had to like spend half an hour talking them into it and figuring out how to pay them to get them to just transfer a couple of files for them. Another, another example was the other guy, I guess, was over there teaching English or something at a school. And he basically, because of the way the culture works, they don't like direct confrontation. And so he was able to basically quit his job but stay employed because nobody would fire him. <laughs> so he, he he wanted to, he knew he was going to make a move. And uh, there was, I, I don't know if this guy was unscrupulous or what not. I don't think it was totally him being unscrupulous. I think there was some political stuff going on. But he knew the move was coming. But they basically exiled him to, to no man's land, but still had to pay him. And, and he, you know, nobody could do anything about it because that's just the way the system works. And, and no, nobody would take any responsibility. So it was interesting because one of these guys had, had a background from, uh, his heritage was South African. And there's a saying in South, South Africa that a farmer makes a way. A farmer makes a way. So you get these two contrasting cultures, right? The these guys that come from Northern European descent through through South Africa, through America or whatever, and and his family's mantra is a farmer makes a way, meaning we can take care of whatever right. comes up. And then the Chinese, it's it's May Bamfa, right? So so in in Atlas Shrugged, the well can't do anything about it. 
the 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 slogan is who is John Galt and this is what all the people start saying because their society is collapsing because of corruption in high places <laughs> right. go- governmental uh, movement towards consolidation towards what the, what I think Ayn Rand was looking at as socialism or communism I, I I just think that she she might not have realized how how much momentum the American economy does have or the American society I mean it's taking a long time for the John Galt stuff to play out but her her contention did you ever read Atlas Shrugged mm-hmm. right all the productive people and and in her case it's all of the heads of industry right. that bail out of the society and go form their own little hidden enclave at a place called Galt's Gulch where the almighty dollar reigns supreme and meritocracy reigns supreme, right? They right. they, they uh, have a, a merit-based society where everything's working incredibly well and it's hidden away sure. from the authorities. But anyway, so her... Her culture, the at large, is America is collapsing because of this um, cultural trend where every everything's breaking and the people can't do anything about it, so they just stop producing. All the all the producers leave, and all the the leeches remain. And who is John Galt? We can't do anything about it, right? So that that was sort of a uh, the slogan is sort of a, a turning point or a, a lever or, or, you know, it's, it's some sort of an active agent in, in the history of that or in the story as that plays out. Like, uh, kind of like the idea of the Mockingjay, uh, by the way, the Hunger Games series has been on Netflix for a little while and then they're going to take it off here in a month or two. But, uh, I thought those were really well-produced movies, but it's, it's interesting how in those shows, propaganda plays a huge part and they they need to they need to keep Katniss alive because she's like the the slogan or the the thing the lever the catalyst the thing the thing that creates change in the society and so uh I wonder if there's a a slogan right <laughs> we we need that sound bite your story <laughs> that creates uh, the shift your story reminded me of Kramer when he says, you can't fire me. I don't even work here. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, a slogan. I mean, yeah, we, we had all the slogans, uh, you know, jammed down our throats, right? Stay home, stay safe, together alone, right. safe and effective. Right, but is, is there one encapsulating we Yeah, we need a counter. We need a we counter say, slogan. No, they lied. They lied. There, there's no, they have no credibility left. Fauci was uh, on television again, remarkably saying that uh, even uh, even the lab leak has its origins. It could have its origins in in the, in the wild virus. Somebody was out researching and they caught caught a virus from a bat, and they went back to the lab. And there at the lab, maybe they sniffled and snuffled, <laughs> and they wiped their hands on 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 the surface, and uh, then it's leaked from the lab. <laughs> so it's not his gain of function that caused it. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, the, I think it's important though not to forget. And you have a lot of people on Twitter here during this this week is kind of the three year anniversary. <laughs> Who are bringing up old tweets, right? Bringing up 
you know, why you got to bring up old stuff, man? Bringing up this old st- this these old things so people don't forget. But is this is this uh, episode? I mean, if if we enter a phase of thermonuclear war, is this going to be essentially just white noise? I, I, yeah, I mean. Uh, the the I but, mean the Silicon Valley Bank thing I think is big huge news and of course it is it is, it is big news all because all is, the networks except and I you know MSNBC is really not a network all of the networks are talking about it I feel like I didn't of, even check CNN I feel like all of this is all part of the same controlled demolition that started well that that kicked off in two thousand one on nine eleven. And then this had kind of come in phases, and then a really accelerated this phase. This is the now suddenly phase. This the the March twenty twenty was the now suddenly. Because mm. the suddenly has to happen over a couple of years, because yeah, it happens right. slowly. And this might just be the next phase, you know, to to undermine everything. Yeah. By the way, just a quick aside, since I brought up white noise, which was the movie we reviewed last week, Whitaker did chime in. We got one comment. Yeah, I saw that. I saw he that. He says, this movie is so weird. I've been watching it in 10-minute segments over the past few weeks. Still haven't made it through. <laughs> well, Whitaker, uh, understandably, if, if, you're, if you're strong enough to make it through, please comment again either on this, this show or next show or whenever you finish White Noise. Because, you know, only the strong survive that movie. I think. And Bobby and yeah. I did survive. So yeah, you would we, join an elite club if you do make it through that movie. <laughs> Which I think is relevant to the to the discussion today in certain ways. Which remain to be seen. What is this is this in the feathered plume stage or is it in the uh poisonous what did they call? What were the different phases of yeah, the cloud? Yeah, you had the feathered plume, you had the dark cloud, dark cloud, something like that, and then you had the poison, the poison cloud, and then it was the airborne toxic event. Yeah, I think we're still end. in feathered plume. Everyone's saying it's fine. It's just you know, those investors, they're going to lose their money, but you won't. You you innocent little business owners are going to be just fine. <laughs> That's my. generic government voice yeah yeah i mean that was what biden said in his speech today like oh those investors they took they took a risk and now they're gonna lose their money come on man that's not a lie no joke (laughs) it's no joke but of course that's not true because you these this has unleashed consequences that no one can control now at this point just like shutting down the economy in 2020 Everyone thought, well, you could just turn it off and on like it was a light switch and there would be no consequences. Of course, the consequences have been far-reaching and ongoing, and, and uh, this is another one of those. I think you know, people smarter than me might be able to link the collapse of this bank to the collapse of the economy in 2020. Of course, you know, people have pointed out that SVB was involved in a lot of the uh, social credit score type stuff, DEI, the um, ESG. You know, they had a very diversified, not uh, investment account, but a very diversified workforce. So it sounds like people. Yeah, there was there was some argument very, that the wokesters weren't very smart. Yeah, maybe just an, uh, maybe they didn't have people very qualified to be banking bankers. Didn't know what they were doing, and now you've run the ship into the shoal. iceberg. Huh. 
<clears throat> but I, I don't know. I don't know enough about SVB. I didn't know much about it before this. And I, I, when it comes to financial sector, the financial world, it's, I know enough to lose a lot of money. Yeah. The Zero Hedge guys had been talking about it for a few weeks. They'd been talking about the health of certain banks and Silicon Valley right. Bank came up. But you're right. They're, they're, they banked for a lot of startups, right? They, they lent money to and had money on deposit for a lot of these um, cu well, cutting edge companies, a lot of which were involved in wokeness, which as they say, get woke, go broke. Right. Which that might be the new, who is John Galt? Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, that is, I don't know if it's that the new John Galt, but it's definitely a saying out there. <laughs> it's definitely a saying. <clears throat> I mean, you hear it a lot, especially when, you know, when like a movie that's more woke than, you know, worried about being more woke than it is about being a good story doesn't do well. You know, usually the audience is blamed. Mm -hmm. You're all racist because you didn't <laughs> want to watch this terrible movie. And then the counter, the counter argument is, you know, go woke, go broke. Yeah. But I think that the underlying principle behind that saying is like people want good quality products, whether it's your bank or the movies you go watch. You, you want a, a movie that's well done, that's acted well, that doesn't preach at you too overtly. You know, you can have message movies and, but it's got to be, it's got to be done in a way where the, the audience thinks that it's their own insight. You know, oh, I came away from that movie really appreciating the, the uh, plight of the polar bear. You know, not a lot of people got that from this movie, but I did because I'm very smart. When, of course, everybody got that because that was the that message, was what right? The, that was what the pundits said, the Siskels and Eberts of the world. Well, it's just, you know, if you can, if you can I think the, the best kind of message movie, and every movie is a message movie in a way. Die Hard, what's the message? Die Hard is his. You just don't mess with people in the Christmas holiday season. You don't mess with American ex cops around Christmas. Not especially not at Christmas, <laughs> and especially not in a high rise filled with terrorists and guns. <laughs> but oh, the message. Sorry, I'm sorry. The message of Die Hard, the first Die Hard, was please do not take your shoes off at Christmas parties. <laughs> that was the worst part of that show. Is him walking on glass, isn't it? It's pretty bad. It's been a long time since I... I don't know if you know if I've seen Die Hard from start to finish. But you've, you've seen the whole movie. Probably. Different Chris, yeah. Chris, it is a Christmas movie. So you've seen it. Not according to Bruce Willis. Oh, come on. He was emphatic about that. It's totally... It's played all the time at Christmas season. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. But yeah, the, you, you, the best message movie or stories or allegories are ones that... Th that the uh, audience doesn't know that they're being preached at a little bit, in my opinion. So this podcast is not that. We, we're not subtle. We just tell people, you're stupid, you're smart. If you do this, you're, you're good. If you do that, you're bad. <laughs> That's what we say? I, maybe not. If you do that, you're bad. If I'm just you, trying to if, think of how many times listen, we've said that. If you listen to this podcast, you're good and smart. And when we say listen, we mean heed the words of. 
not just listen in because the sensors and the AI, the algorithmic thing is listening in. You know, AI, we, we've talked a lot about it. There's this series on YouTube with uh, AI versions of Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden. Did you just say AI virgins? Versions, yeah. I don't think they're virgins. Versions. <laughs> uh, Trump, Obama, Biden playing Dungeons and Dragons with guest uh, dungeon masters. So you've had uh, Ben Shapiro, you've had Elon Musk. They're the dungeon masters? Yeah. And listen, maybe we can link to them. They're laced with profanity, but they are so funny. They're so good. It's good enough where I was talking with a buddy about it, and I'm like, this can't, this cannot be all AI. There has to be some human scripting in here because there's some really clever, really clever jokes. But anyway, that it's worth going <laughs> and checking out because it's pretty funny and it's also kind of disturbing because uh, the AI machine is spiraling out of control. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we saw. Did, did I don't know if we mentioned the Biden video, the fake, deep fake AI of Biden saying that there'd be a draft to get people ready for the war. Mm-hmm. It, it was fake, but it scared a lot of people <laughs> because it sounds, the only thing that kind of clued people in that it wasn't real was that the voice is a little bit off, but also it, the, the Joe Biden in the video was coherent. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't like, today we're going to... This, the sentence structure was too correct, too the draft, articulate. Man. The draft, man, come on. The, this is no joke. We've got to, uh, you know, you know the thing. <laughs> Do the draft. Do the draft thing. You know it. Suave l'Ukraine. Something like that. <laughs> Rico Suave. Okay, so does that mean our society is really that? We're on the brink of, like, who believes this crap anymore? That's, we, we need to do a, a mind virus instant poll. <clears throat> Unfortunately, we're not doing this live. I mean, we could do it. We could put a poll up on the website, but our, our audience doesn't believe this crap. Right. But you, okay, so you were at church yesterday, right? Yeah. Do they believe this crap at church? Which crap specifically? <laughs> That the president, former presidents get together and play D&D? Or how, about, how about the idea that the society is not on the knife's edge? Are people like... Because if you really start to believe society is on the knife's edge, you know, on, on the brink of dramatic change, you do different things. Like, And that's one thing that we do on the podcast is we at least like to talk about doing things. <laughs> right. We don't necessarily You know, do I them. think if you... If you let's say you, you drew a, a one square mile square here a square mile square yeah okay let's say you just you drew that here in this community and you polled every adult male and female man and woman okay z and zer uh you pulled them on that on the on that one question do you believe that this that our society is on the verge of collapse well and I didn't say collapse. I said like significant change, okay. right? Did I say? Did I say that? Do we need? Can we rewind the tape? I think you just said razor's edge. We have a court reporter in here. We could have that person read back the minutes. It says that you said razor's edge. <laughs> so she's a woman. Thank you. <laughs> 
Isn't every court you stereotype the court reporter? Isn't every court reporter a, a woman? In all the movies, I think so. Well, if you polled all of those people on a question, uh, like, do you believe the society's on the what was it? Razor's edge. Razor's edge. Razor's edge. I think that. Here's, I think in a but see that means poll, different things to different people, right? In a poll, I think people would say yes, but if you talk to them one on one, I don't think anybody really wants to admit any of this. Yeah, but we don't. But like, if you really believe that, wouldn't you do different things? Like, wouldn't you? I guess it depends on what you believe the razor's edge means. Like, okay, if we're on the brink of nuclear war, you'd do something different than if you were on the blink, brink of a banking collapse. One of the things that, that probably lulls people to sleep is that any we've been on razor's edge, edges, razor edges, razor's edges. <clears throat> Just one razor. We've been on the edge of that razor multiple times over the last 20 years, 25 years, and it there's never any really far-reaching consequences. Are we going to get razors edged out, kind of like tired out of it? <laughs> Maybe. But the consequences don't ever, aren't ever allowed to fully materialize because of bailouts. We just bail everybody out. We just print more money and then sweep all of the underlying causes into the back closet for a little while. And then they come back. They come back out again. So, like this banking thing, they're just gonna they're just gonna bail these banks out, right? I mean, it's like COVID. We shut everything down, but here's a check. Go buy an RV. Go see the world. You don't have to work, but your employer will still pay you because we're gonna pay them. Pay them to pay yeah. you to do nothing. Right. What could go wrong? So. <clears throat> Unfortunately, like maybe some of this could have been avoided had we actually let consequences play out and then people would have made those adjustments. Like regular people, but also all the miscreants in charge of all of this. Like, I mean, nobody goes to jail over any of this. Maybe once or twice people here and there, but nobody's going to jail for what they did through, throughout COVID. Probably nobody at SVB is going to go to jail. And I don't even know if there was criminal behavior, but there, there was irresponsibility. So the answer, like, yeah, if you really believe this, you do something different. Well, maybe we've been conditioned to not do anything about it because we, are, we just know that oh, the government will take care of it. Well, I think that because we haven't <clears throat> experienced anything really bad like okay so we experienced the COVID thing right and mass mentality matters a lot like when you saw everybody trying to get toilet paper <laughs> did you not want toilet paper look over my shoulder I know there's a lot of paper products down here in the bunker hold on a second here okay let's see I'm picking up the mic let's see we got at least two packs we got paper plates. Are you planning a party during the apocalypse? I mean, are we invited? Are you planning to just not use the dishwasher? What's the deal here? I didn't have a lot, a lot of paper of plates and napkins. It was uh, just kind of one of those some granola bars. It was like, oh, well, last time there was a run my on kids like to call them granola bars. There was a run on toilet paper. Let's stock up on that so we don't have to participate in their next run, run on, on toilet, toilet paper, paper kind of a thing. The que yeah, if it, so that's the problem is what's the next run going to be? Yeah. Because you want to get it's, ahead of it because that makes you feel good during the run if you already have everything you need. Yeah. And, and 
as important as toilet paper is, you could get by without it. You know, if you think back, Costco used to have a list of items they were out of. Yeah. Which is interesting because we didn't just, it, granted it started with a run on toilet paper, but then I think the seriousness, seriousness kicked in and it was like, no, we don't have a lot of stuff. There's a lot of right. stuff we don't have. So getting goods and services or g- goods in general is a potential problem if... Well, it, uh, the, real th- the real things that would cause a societal shift or uh, us to tip over one or, one or the other edge of the razor's edge would be a run on food like, because it would be really hard for... Uh, and you saw a little bit of that in the, those COVID days, right? Yeah. But a banking collapse isn't really going to initiate a run on food. Right. It's, it'll be a run on a the run banks. On money. And on money. And then you have banks collapse because everybody's pulling their money out or they, there's, no more, there's no more of this exchange of all the digital money. Right. So if you, th- that's, that's the deflationary side. If, if everybody took their money out and the banks collapsed, then there would be a shortage of money. Mm-hmm. And so prices of goods and services should fall. But if the government creates liquidity... Silent. <laughs> that could be what's going on. Silent liquidity. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's. It, I don't. I don't. That's inflation. I don't understand all of this enough to understand um, the like. I don't even know if let's. If I went to my bank today and said I need all of the money I have deposited with you in cash, they it, would say no. They probably wouldn't give it to me. I don't think they would actually have it on hand. I don't think I they know would. You have a lot of money at the bank they probably need to get an armored car well i i have many leather bound books and my office smells of rich mahogany (laughs) (laughs) i don't know how to put this but i'm kind of a big deal well i know that that's why i'm podcasting with you (laughs) to our illustrious audience if you know you know okay that's a that's a quote from the all-time classic uh, Will Ferrell vehicle anchorman. I haven't seen that. Is that worth the watch? Yeah, it's he's kind of a big deal. He has many he has many leather-bound books. <laughs> That's where the quote comes from. I just walked right it's into a that pick, one. It's a pickup line. I walked right into that one. He's trying to um, pick up on uh, the character played by the anchor woman, Christina Applegate. I want to say she. So uh, my understanding is the premise of that is it's an all male dominated newsroom and a woman breaks into the yeah it's yeah it's a classic and comedy. hilarity ensues. Um, but if yeah, the bank would say yeah, we're not giving you your cash, and you could say well, no, you need to give me it's mine, and they would say no, oh, you, they would say you 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 think it's just that I got it back in the safe, but it's your money's. See, I can't do Jimmy Stewart. Your money's tied up with the with the, the CIA, CIA startup and and Willow's uh, diversified boardroom, and, and and it wouldn't be there. Yeah, it it wouldn't surprise me at all if you go to your local bank and they it's like a Seven Eleven. They're like, we have a, a less than twenty five dollars cash after dark. <laughs> like that's like, are those signs going to be on our banks now? Like. Well, during COVID, uh, they had a limit on how much you could withdraw. Yeah, and a lot of people switched to cashless, right? You couldn't, oh, sorry, no cash. There's a lot of 
retail there was an attempt to do that yeah but a lot of retail stores don't take cash anymore i think like uh, who I, I don't think I, uh, yeah the megaplex the the larry miller yeah megaplex and i don't know that starbucks cash. maybe stopped i i'd read about a couple others sorry no cash and and you know, yeah i don't frequent those places anymore so i i don't know because Starbucks was <laughs> one of my main haunts. Yeah, yeah, you oh, were always you used to go there with your laptop and and you would sit down in the corner you would with a crank mug. out mystery novels. Yeah, <laughs> romance novels, mystery romance, mystery romances. <clears throat> um, Who does she love? <laughs> the, yeah, this this is this is a a conundrum for me because I'm trying to I'm always trying to figure out where we're headed and it. It's just so slow motion that it's just maddening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I don't. And I, and I, don't I keep know. telling myself that, like, if you really believed what you're saying, you would behave differently. But then that would mean I'd have to move f- so far away from Bobby that we couldn't do the podcast in person, which is half of the fun. Well, yeah. I mean, it really is half it, of the fun. You guys that it, aren't that are listening. Over the internet, it's not that fun. But for us, this is fun, <laughs> fun, fun. And we'll have fun, fun, fun till our daddy takes a tape recorder away. <clears throat> now we got to put up the Beach Boys. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't like, like we. There is no gel, uh, Galt's Gulch. That that's like you, you. You really can't get away from all of this. Even if you go and live on a on a remote ranch in Montana, or uh, you know. There was a, I spent some significant time in British Columbia, Canada. It's a different country. It's definitely a different country now. So British Columbia is a different country than Canada? No, it, it's a different country. It's British Columbia is part of a different country okay. than the United States. That's why you said Canada It's part of Canada. Right. And in the inner channel, see, British Columbia is on the west coast of Canada, the, the other country. Canada, also called Canada, but keep going. <laughs> And uh, along the West Coast, there's Vancouver Island, which is a, a large landmass with inhabitants. Is it an island? It is an island. Okay. And uh, the biggest city on that that you've heard of is Victoria. Anyway, you know, Victoria, they have a little motto. Speaking of slogans and mottos, it's Victoria, more British than the British. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so in between the mainland, so they have bad teeth and can't have guns, and <laughs> in between the mainland and that island called Vancouver Island, water. But Vancouver's not on that island. There is water, but there are also little islands, and people lived on these islands, and a lot of those people were rumored to be fugitives, draft dodgers, ne'er do wells, independents. People who didn't want a lot of contact with other people, mm-hmm. and especially the government. Okay. And uh, so they would live on cabins and homes on these little islands. There's, a, there's dozens of these little islands. Some have more people than others. Some are uninhabited. But even that, you know, living on a literal island does not, uh, does not exempt you from the long hand of the law. Especially nowadays, with everything digital and and you could hold out there for a while, but eventually sure. your food storage is going to run out. Eventually, they're just going to come and drop 
chemicals over your farm, your little hobby farm, and just kill everything. Hmm. Or they're just going to show up with tanks and guns and and firebomb your your uh, compound outside of Waco, Texas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So we have precedent for a lot of this. Hypothetically, this stuff could happen. They could shoot your snipers. Could shoot your your uh, daughter who's holding the baby. Yeah, or your Ruby wife. Ridge. Didn't they shoot his wife I and don't know. son? Somebody, somebody got killed there. I think it was uh, his wife and son. Maybe fact check. But yeah, I mean, eventually they'll come for you. Uh, you, you know, you might be able to hold out for a while, but that, that's one of the big conundrums of a liberty-minded person is you know physically how do you escape all of this? well yeah if the if the rule of law is maintained if the government maintains its power right a lot of preppers are prepping for the idea that the government will lose power yeah they will will have to take matters into their own hands then you have a you know a, a hollywood scenario like the road or any of these other you know mad max type things where it could go really over the top i don't think the government's going to lose power though I, I mean, they control everything that that enables their power, right? Mainly so that, the money system. The more the more likely scenario is uh, war would cause that kind of a dis- disruption, which you would see coming. But I think I think that uh, I mean I think there are things that people can do, and I think all the regular prepping ideas apply. You know, be frugal and uh, store the tangible things that you need. Like a certain amount of food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Having cash on hand. Absolutely, because it might be just enough to get you through the to the to the new utopia. <coughs> you know, where we where we don't have to store our own food or grow our own food. We just get a, a ration every week of tofu spaghetti. Universal basic income. Yeah, how great would that be? You know, just UBI. We could just. We could, we could, I could buy a van and just be an influencer, you know? I could travel the world. Yeah? Yeah, on your $18,000 a year of... <laughs> Gas money. Highly, highly regulated digital currency that doesn't allow you to buy a van. Or travel. Or travel. More than, More than 15 than, miles from your home. Yeah, these 15-minute cities are, are scary. I saw a video. Who knows if it's authentic, but people in a... Chinese city had to had to show uh, had to be scanned. Their faces had to be scanned to leave the little vicinity of their apartments to then go out to a different part of the city. I mean, these fifteen minute cities is just a fun name for prison. Sure, for a prison city. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, of course, of course, the people in in Utah, the the government types in Utah, love the idea and are talking about it. Is that what they're legislating right now? Probably. Well, well we've got another black pill episode for you guys today. Um, <laughs> you know, I looked at my jar. Maybe of, we shouldn't do current events anymore. Maybe at, we should just pretend like <clears throat> we're looked, just not even worry about what's going on in the world. Looked at my jar of black pills and there's none left in the jar. I've taken them You've all. You've taken all the black pills. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I was curious the other day, and uh, speaking of 15-minute cities, I looked up, so the, the LDS Church announced, three years ago, announced a temple in Dubai, yeah, which stood out to me. I thought, that's, that's a strange place for a temple. 
And uh, it turns out that the property is is uh, part of what's called, uh, I think they called it Expo 2020 or Dubai 2020 or something, Dubai 2022. Now I got to look this up. But it's kind of a 15-minute city. This sort of expo where there was, I guess there was some kind of World's Fair type thing there. And... Does this one have a 15-minute temple? Like you can do the temple in 15 minutes? <laughs> Maybe. But here it is. This is um, from the church's, uh, from a site called churchofjesuschristtemples.org, which I believe is a affiliated website. It says, the Dubai United Arab Emirates Temple will be located in Dubai's District 2020, where the worldwide event Expo 2020 Dubai will be held. In late 2022, District 2020 is expected to begin the handover process to future occupants. Once handover to the church has been finalized, construction can begin on the temple and a meeting house at the designated site. Sounds a lot oh, like Hunger this, Games. This is not an official website of the church. So we're, we're uh, dividing up into districts now? Yeah, yeah. Wasn't there, didn't Peter Jackson make a movie called District? 19 or something about aliens and zombies. District 9, I think. Something like that. I never saw that one. But anyway, yeah, District 2020. So if you go to, so I looked up District 2020 and it has all these rendered drawings of this, you know, all the, all the strappings of a 15 minute city. And it still kind of strikes me as a strange place for an LDS temple, seeing that in the region, there's only like six, a smattering of members. 13. So I don't know how often it'll be open and how they even staff it, but well, that'll be done via AI. <laughs> it could, it could, and it is contactless. So anyway, uh, just that. Speaking of kind of twenty twenty or uh, fifteen minute communities, yeah, it seems to be one of those things they're pushing for for sure. Which would make uh, any sort of escape impossible. And we've talked about how easy it would be to like lock down the Wasatch Front. You know, a couple barriers up in Brigham City and down in Nephi and, you know, in, in, on I-80 up there near Park City and that'd pretty much do it. Yeah. You know, you, you, you could shut down I-80 and I-15 and 89, which is Provo Canyon, and you would pretty much be locked into the Wasatch Front. You could do it with ten people, you know, cement barricades right. laid across the uh, the interstates, and a, a couple dudes in a Hummer with guns, and that would be it. Right, right. I mean, unless unless you overpowered them and actually killed them to, and then you know, brought in. I heart. think they'd bring in a bigger military presence. Yeah, but, they but could we, initially, but so how how are how is what we're facing right now going to lead to that kind of a scenario? Well, it almost did. In well, tw- in almost 2020, 2020 it almost did. It yeah. almost did. Uh, you remember, Herbert put things in motion. Governor Herbert c- tried to close the borders. The borders of the state, yeah. Um, and he got a little pushback, but it was, they were really quick in March and April to, it's like they were given, they were, it's like all these kids were given 
water balloons or something and, and they just couldn't wait to fill them up and throw them like these mm. these guys went nuts and, and mm -hmm. you know i can't i can't i can't think that this wasn't in the back of their minds all along like they like so many of them acted in synchronicity with each other and i'm not saying they all got memos or something but i just think the people that seek out those kind of offices are just champing at the bit. They can't wait well, I think to they, have a little authority to, uh, sure. to exercise dominion. unrighteous dominion. Yeah. I, I think they get trained by the same sources. You know, right. they, they, they get, they go to these trainings, they go to these closed door meetings. We, we don't even know the half of it. Right. But there, there's a army of attorneys, there's procedure. Each state has its own, uh, cadre of uh, bureaucrats and officials that make, make sure that the people who are pulling the levers of power are pulling them in the direction that the oligarchy desires. And, you know, we're not privy to any of that. But if you've been involved in church leadership, for example, or your local PTA or whatever, <laughs> you know how, how many training meetings there are or, or who... If, if you've been involved in the leadership, you know what goes on behind the scenes for any type of an organization like that. And you can only imagine the higher up you get, the more coordinating training type of meetings there are so that the objectives of the organization are accomplished. Right. So for sure, th those people have been trained to do certain things. And um, clearly, you know, Utah was, you, you would think that Utah would rank with like the the Texas, Florida, you know, independent, you, you would hope that, but I mean, I, I wasn't expecting that, but I've, I've had too much experience with Utah politics, right? Right. With it's, it's, uh, the cat's already out of the bag for me on that one. And I think a lot of people started to realize that during COVID. Right. Utah is not what we had hoped. You asked what would it take for us to get to that point, you know, talking about locking people into their communities with military. I, I, we did almost get there. I think to get there again and to really get all the way, it would, would be war on our shores. Or an actual pandemic. I don't think, I don't think people are going to believe the next pandemic. No, and it, it might have been the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic was a setup to get us to mock the next one, and then Which it's is an, actually actual, a, an actual contagion, and like a bioweapon. Because I don't think you're going to get... You mean a worse bioweapon. <laughs> right. I don't, I, I don't think that you're going to get a virus that just naturally occurs that kills off millions and millions of people. I mean, you have the 1918 Spanish flu... But there's a lot of but there's uh, a, there's, there's a lot weird of, stuff going on yeah. there. Yeah, and you had a lot. It, it really affected young people. A lot of those young people had a, had compromised immune systems because they had just come home from war and were probably poisoned. By, poisoned or vaccinated. That's right. that's when they were trying to really vaccinate uh, <clears throat> young people, and and there were a lot of social experiments going on, medical experiments, and of course, yeah, the war. So, you know, the next one could come along, which Bill Gates has said with a smirk on his face, you know, the next one's going to be worse. <laughs> right. Everything but the evil villain laugh. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, 
a, a re- but even in a real pandemic, what they what they did was inexcusable. For sure, for sure. We def- so we can count on a few things, right? We have an oligarchy. <laughs> we can count on that. We can count on that they're going to do what's best for them in all these scenarios, and we can count on them taking authorita- authoritarian measures to lock down the public or prohibit the public's access or prohibit information to the public. We've seen that. We, I mean, we, we were talking about January 6th earlier, right? We've seen that they're not um, forthcoming with any, any real information or truthful information. I mean, this has been going on since, if you read Dr. Wolf's article, <laughs> I think it's really interesting. She goes all the way back to the Russiagate, Pgate, uh, the Mueller investigations, the right. the Trump stuff, starting in 2016, and she's apologizing for a lot. I mean, she's she is funny. She makes a comment about Donald Trump in her article, like, you know, I really she's she's loath to apologize for believing this stuff because she wants to hate Donald Trump because she thinks he's a bad guy. But she then says, or is it possible that I've been misled on that also? <laughs> you know, because she doesn't even know the guy, right? Right. So nothing is real, right? Nothing is real. So if, we're, if, if, if these are the things we, we can understand we're dealing with authoritarians, they're going to take, they're always going to take the wrong action and nothing is real. Where does that leave us? Should we just do like Alexander Solzhenitsyn says and just ignore what's going on in the national media? Or do you need, you know, because you've got the Mark Twain comment, right? You're, if, you, if you read the papers, you're misinformed. Or if you, if you don't read the papers, you're uninformed. I said the punchline first. If you, if, you read, if you don't read the papers, you're uninformed. But if you read the papers, you're misinformed. Yeah. <clears throat> so, we, we, you know, rational people have to... You got to do something. You're gonna, you got to keep moving. You got to keep society going. I mean, I like the Catherine Austin Fitz idea that, well, you got to, who's your banker? Who's your farmer? You got to invest in your local, right. your local uh, networks, your local economy. But if, if you have a banking problem and your local banks get destroyed and all that's left is JP Morgan Chase and central bank digital currency, where does that leave us, right? We're now having to trade in gold and silver or barter pa- paper barter. I mean, that's that is a, a huge step backwards for efficiency. That's a difficult problem. It, it is, but it becomes a solution to the uh, the digital currency overreach. And I, I would like to think that it, a lot of people in the United States push back against that, and it never even gets implemented. But if it does, we could push back in in trade and barter and you know that's why i've I've said before uh know how to do something useful that doesn't involve computers or you know know how to fix something or build something black markets will definitely emerge for sure right that's what's going to happen that's why i think hand in hand with the digital currency is the digital or the uh the digital prison that the city prisons surveillance where you're locked down digitally digital ids yeah they wouldn't yeah. necessarily need military checkpoints if they had digital checkpoints that just you had to scan in and out of and they could deny you as needed i don't know if your your legislator sends uh if you happen to have been involved in politics in the past you probably get emails from your legislators uh i get some emails from mike kennedy who's our senate rep i've sent him emails 
Yeah. Do you get his legislative updates? I don't. Well, anyway, he was t- talking about how they were going to do, they're, they're trying to advance digital ID here in Utah. And that's, that's a trap, guys. Oh, yeah. And, and the way they're doing it is they're basically saying, well, we need age verification so that kids don't access porn online. Yeah, that's... So it's a think of the children trap. Right. Is he, so is he in favor of this I don't stuff? know. I didn't pay close enough attention, which is why, in general, how these things get pulled when off is the people to, aren't paying very close attention. Governor Cox is trying hard to like ban TikTok from youth for the youth. And it's like... Really? You know what? TikTok, you're probably right. TikTok's not a, a good influence on anybody. Banning it at the government level is not the answer. Sure. Th- these are decisions for parents. Right. And parents uh, get involved with what your kids have on their phone mm-hmm. or don't give them a phone. Like these are, there's a yeah. better solutions than just banning things and right. turning, and that's turning what you, h- hundreds of thousands of kids in the state into criminals because they have a banned thing on their phone. They're just going to do it via VPN or something like that. He's also, thing, Cox also uh, wanted phones regulated sh- ship with like a, a, yeah, an approved reading list and things on them, which I'm sure See, that's include, terrible. I'm sure include all of his uh, woke crap, yeah. all of his state of the state addresses. I, you, you let the, that's what's happened with the public schools. <laughs> you, you <laughs> I see what you did there. That was a good joke. Um, <laughs> the state of the state addresses. Uh, you know, this if year, you let them have control of the schools, so all you're going to have is a bunch of woke kids. You're gonna they're going to well, change that's their all, gender. That's happening. Yeah. That's happening right in front of our faces. So if you let them have control of the books and what's on the phones, then all it's going to be is a, a woke factory. Governor, Governor Cox announced this year that, this, that they'd done something they've never done before at the State of the State Address, and they, had, and they had invited kids to come and attend. And I thought... Kids have never been invited? And I just thought, how... And then he's just tooting his own horn. It's so cool. And again, like those kids were bored to death. No kid <laughs> wants to dress up and go to a speech. That's just church to them. It's just church on a weeknight. Like, why am I not going to You're going to go and support your uncle. He's the guy in there. I don't like him. He creeps me out. Mom, you're coming. I don't want to go either. You think I want to go watch my brother give this stupid Beach? No, I don't. We're all uh, going. We're a family. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably pretty much 90% of it. I put up with if this you, insufferable bullcrap. We can do it for two more years until he gets voted out and then gets a board position at Raytheon and no one ever thinks of him again. <laughs> uh, it's not even funny. It's not. It's not funny. It's true. One of the banks that's uh, having issues right now is the... Uh, Something something New York, uh, S S Signature Bank, might be Is that the one Signature Bank of New York SBNY, and you know who sits on their board? I don't tell me, Barney Frank. Okay, <laughs> remember Barney Frank of the Frank Dodd regulations? Yeah, wasn't he like? Did he end up out of Congress, disgraced for something? Probably. He was very disgraceful. But yeah, he was a congressman from Massachusetts. Okay. Um, very outspoken in his time against George Bush and things. Had a raspy voice. Mm-hmm. Really. He had a Fauci voice? Yeah, but with a Boston accent. Anyway, he sits on the board and uh, there's probably not a coincidence there. Yeah. 
It's a revolving door. I want to make one point before we forget, though. If you have any influence or you feel inclined at all to talk to your legislators, tell them to cool it on the digital ID crap, okay? Right. Parents can handle this. They've been handling it. Well, (laughs) they haven't been handling it, but... But it's the job of parents. Uh, it, it, it's, yeah, it's the job of parents to handle it. It's not the job of the legislature to legislate morality. Right. And they think it is. It's absolutely not their job. And digital ID equals tyranny. CBDC, central bank digital currency, is tyranny, digital ID, tyranny. That is the last step, guys. This, is not, this isn't like a, a, a contributing factor. Those are the gates. That's the, like, if you've seen the movie Terminator where they're walking through, the, they're herding the humans into the gates, the kill zone, whatever. That's it. If you've seen, I'm thinking of like Terminator Salvation there, okay? There's lots of Terminator, Terminator movies. But if you've seen cattle going into a corral, this is the cattle shoot. You are the cattle. This, these are the, that's the lock on the door is central bank digital currency or digital IDs. If you have to have a digital ID to do anything, that's it, yeah. and 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 the the obvious related um, corollary to that, which will involve your digital ID, is getting on the on the I want to swear here the internet, right. the the blankety blank internet. If you like the internet, if you like accessing it, you need anonymity to be able to transact, to be able to uh, visit whatever websites you want to uh, do whatever you want. I don't care. If you want to go look at porn, that's fine. But whatever you want to do on the internet can be restricted, can be reasonably restricted in times of crisis if you get consent to a digital ID. I can't remember where I heard that phrase before, but... uh, I hope I'm not yelling into the mic here. Yeah, it's true. Imagine getting onto your, uh, your, your, your phone has facial recognition to unlock it, right? No. Well... The phones do. Some phones do. Um, imagine now that the, the the next step here is okay. You you unlock your phone with your face, and uh, now you want to look at uh, the internet. You want to check sports scores or read Zero Hedge, and you get onto the internet and it scans your face and says, "Your allotment of internet time has ended." Right, or you're just not allowed to access Zero Hedge. Zero or, Hedge has been yeah, de- yeah. Zero this has, website, has been deemed subversive. You are attempting to reach a propaganda hate speech website that has been removed from the internet. You see, are docked fifteen govcoins. Yeah, but it's not only that. It's going to be like your subversive activity has been logged. Yeah, and yeah, you're expect expect the SWAT team. Or you just get, or you just get less uh, of your GovCoin allotment, or you only get one ounce well, that's of for chocolate. The, that's for the people who haven't been repeat offenders, right? Or right. the people that aren't that they don't deem dangerous. But look, look eventually look, look, there's look, not going to be any internet. No, but hold left. on, Bobby. It'll be but, it'll be the pr- approved government propaganda this is a sat- site. This is a satanic conspiracy. This is a death chaos conspiracy. We seem to be operating under a misapprehension that somehow these regimes are at least not bloodthirsty. But look, at Hitler was the like the little kid on the block compared to Stalin and Mao. Mm-hmm. The 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 Soviets, the the Bolsheviks. Uh, Bolshevik in Russian means the majority or the big group. Okay, 
and I'm not, a lot of people don't know that, okay? Because it's, it's about tyranny of the majority. They went through ethnic cleansing. They went through political cleansing for decades. Millions upon millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people in Asia were killed by the, the uh, communists in Russia and the communists in China. Okay, that changes your society dramatically. So if you, the, and here's the big problem that everybody should really be paying attention to because we can't let these locks, these final gates be accomplished because you already have enough history for them to want to kill you. Right, you listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, if you're listening to this show. But you've, you, you know, you've probably said something on social media about Biden or lockdowns or... Right. This was pre-messaged by the movie Captain America Winter Soldier. Do you remember the algorithm, the three carriers that they launched and they were going to kill everybody based on an algorithm? Mm-hmm. And then Hydra changes it. Or Hydra actually... Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like Hydra changed who they were going to kill. The, the idea was that they were created to protect the people and then Hydra comes in with a a program that initiates a kill sequence and then they, they shoot, they're going to shoot everybody from altitude. It's allegorical, sort of. Right. Okay. Sort of allegorical, meaning the, it's almost literally exactly what they want to do. They just don't have the super carriers as far as we know, unless the secret space program that Catherine Austin Fitz is talking about and Joseph P. Farrell, unless they're actually right about that and they do have the carriers. (laughs) But the, the method of, the method of uh, delivery of death may vary. <laughs> right. your, your experience may vary regionally. Right. Well, definitely, uh, we, we've black-pilled the black-pilled. Maybe we should wrap, wrap up this black pill. <laughs> with a spoonful of sugar. I'm all black-pilled out. Well, it'd be interesting to watch over the next uh, days and weeks how... Uh, if you know what what happens with this banking stuff and well it can't the dominoes are like clunk, clanking down they're like slowly clanking and falling and clacking or whatever do dominoes clank no they clack they kind of right depends on what they're made out of i guess if they were metal dominoes they might clank yeah but they're falling in slow motion that's the hard part for us and this silicon valley bank i think is one of the dominoes and it's also, you know, if you're looking at the the uh, people who are controlling the system, they expect they're going to maintain control. But as we've talked about, it's more likely that chaos will prevail in the wake of their hubris, right? It's one, it's one thing to say you're going to ride a tiger, but it's an entirely thing to actually saddle up the tiger right. and get on it. That tiger's going to try to eat you, right? So... I don't think they're going to maintain control. They'll, they'll maintain control in certain areas, regionally, whatever. I don't know. But uh, as this thing, this controlled demolition occurs, I think it's going to get out of hand and the dominoes are going to fall in a way that they don't expect. And so you see them, maybe maybe the Silicon Valley Bank thing is happening too soon for them and they're just trying to you know, they're going to try and paper, paper over this, but, but society has a way of, I think you could imagine it like a dam breaking, you know, you can sit there and plug the holes in the dike. You can even, you could even drill a hole expecting to, to have it break in the way that you want, but it could, 
it could overrun you at any time. Society mm-hmm. is that mass of water behind whatever little man-made right. barrier you have. It's waiting to break. Well, <clears throat> in the meantime, while it's waiting to break, I guess do something fun. <laughs> And also store up food, water, cash, ammunition. Well, if we weren't all so distracted, like, and and you know what, back when um, Barack Obama was elected, 2008, 2009, 2010, there was a lot of interest in prepping. Mm -hmm. And the wind kind of got taken out of the sails of the Tea Party because it got co-opted. Right. And that that momentum died down and people got back to regular life. You know, after the the 2008 crisis, there there were a lot of people willing to to change how they were looking at the world and what they were doing because a lot of people lost their jobs. Everybody, I think everybody knew somebody that had been deeply affected by the crisis at least. And, um, we're kind of coming off of that, but our society maybe is again, distracted by the white noise. COVID it's a little bit different situation. A lot of people have died. People are, I don't know. I don't know. Where where are we really at, right? Right. Well, we're in the middle of something. We're in the middle of it, yeah. But is is it a generational problem in that all those people that were willing to do something 12, 15 years ago, are they just tired out? Have a lot of them passed on? Those baby boomers, you know, the movers and shakers. Is that energy still there? Did it, did it get destroyed by the January 6th thing? I mean, there was a, that was a big deal. The January 6th thing was a big turning point. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, they tried to make it a bigger turning point. Well, they tried to turn it a different different direction, direction. but yeah, I I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. We're living through something. But I think it kind of took the wind out of the sails of people. I think so. But it also, it also created like a, an unease. Like there, there's an unease there. I think a lot of people are waiting to see what the next guy's going to do. It made it really hard for like-minded people like like what i mean is people who are like-minded as the january 6th protesters to ever do anything again right there hasn't been a protest there should be but i mean isn't it isn't it kind well, of like from we're the already, right there haven't been a protest yeah. from liberty-minded conservatives yeah. you've had we, plenty well, you of, had the fed boys protest you had i mean you had uh, was it in oklahoma or somewhere where a bunch of activists stormed their capital and it, uh, i don't know how that's not an insurrection mm. if the other if J6 well, was an insurrection. It just feel, it feels to me like everybody's just watching the next guy waiting to see who's going to be the first one to right. to f- flip out. Right. To tell them when to panic. <clears throat> it is now time to panic. Yeah, I yeah. Okay, enough said. <laughs> enough said. Well, all right everybody, if you've got some insights on any of this drop a comment at my at uh, mindvirus.show. Please explain it to us. Uh, you could find us there as, long, as well as show notes and links and other useful items. Uh, and then you can still find us on Spotify, Google, Apple, all of those things. For now. For now. All right, everybody. Have a great week. See you later.